This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hello and welcome to the Conjecture and a Horrorish Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. <laughs> and Greg. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and I'm your and I'm your host, Rob. Uh, how's everybody's lips doing tonight? How's everybody's does anybody have chap lips tonight? <laughs> Definitely not me. No, not Greg. Greg doesn't have any chap lips tonight. No, no, he's not looking like Regan in the movie we're doing this week with her chap lips. And maybe that was a problem. Maybe the maybe the demon just came all this way because he needed some lip balm. Maybe that's <laughs> going on in this movie. Yeah, they don't have they don't have lip balm in the demon world. Yeah, I know. No, they definitely don't. If anything, it's like feces related or something like that. It's like gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something nice and cool. Yeah. It's it's not soothing at all. There's nothing soothing about hell. It's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. You, you okay, Laura? You, you with us, Laura? No, no you're, you're not there. You're not there. <laughs> Laura's not there yet. No. <laughs> you're off. You're off digging up some artifact in Iraq, wherever this movie started. At. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> so, so how's everybody doing tonight? How are you guys all doing tonight? Good. Great. Doing really, great. really good. Yes. Good. Doing good now. We're doing good. We got the laughs out up front, so we can't make well, any during all the right. I got to tell everyone why this is happening right now. Rob claims that he can't make any jokes during this episode because it would be inappropriate because we're talking about the exorcist. And so he just did a slew of them before he hit record. And now I can't (laughs) stop laughing. So I apologize in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We didn't, we didn't get any of it on audio. Yeah. One, one day, like I said, every week I feel like we keep talking about one day we're going to do Patreon. So uh, maybe I'll be able to pull that old audio file of <laughs> me talking about, you know, underage stuff with a girl in this movie and stuff. Uh, and put that on Patreon <laughs> or something. <laughs> that, okay. For disclaimer, that well, definitely I, I, will not be no, on any Patreon. No, that was, that was out of context. That was out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh god! You guys have to say that my, my prop that I brought to this episode is deteriorating because we've delayed so long. But hopefully, oh, when I bring it up, I'll, I'll show you. Oh my god! Okay, all right. Well, like you said, we're, we're doing we're doing the Exorcist this week, uh, so that's why we're making jokes somewhat about this movie, trying to as much as I can while being respectful to uh, one religion and two uh, children. Um, so but, but I'll see what I can handle. <laughs> I'll see if I can how much how long my muzzle stays on for. Um, but uh, yeah, so you guys are doing good though in general. Everybody's doing good. You know, it's yes. we're, out, we're out. You know, we're two weeks out from Halloween now. You, have you guys come down from all your sugar highs? Oh yeah, I have not. I'm still feeling it. You're still feeling the sugar. We highs did like good. a you know we did a, a, a trick or treat around the house with the kid. He just likes to pick stuff up and put it in his bucket, but we're the ones who's eating it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's still going. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we said we're doing Exorcist this week. Uh, this is actually our 40th episode, you know, Yay! which is pretty cool. Oh. It's very cool, you know, and, and this is the movie. This movie is the oldest movie where we've conjectured. This movie itself is 50 years old or like almost 50 years old. So, yeah. so that's pretty cool, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know how much, how well it aged, but we'll get into that a bit, you know. Um, what? Yeah, so... <laughs> 
relax, Laura, relax, okay? Take a, take a drink there, take a drink, you know? Um, so let's do what we're wearing tonight, Zoom backgrounds. Uh, so let's start with Laura. What do, what do you got going on tonight, Laura? Okay, here's my thing. The last time we conjectured a possession movie, uh, which was The Conjuring, mm -hmm. right? Some really weird shit went down while we were recording. And I did not want that to happen again. That was episode 27. If you want to go back and check it out. Nice. So anyway, I had gone all out on that costume. And I feel like I must have upset something. <laughs> uh, so there is no way in hell I'm... <laughs> unintended that I'm messing around with this movie so I am not any direct character I do however have some drawn on like green markings coming down from my mouth not because I'm Reagan but I am just a moviegoer from the 70s because there were a lot of people that went to see this movie who vomited in the theaters that's true so that's what that is. And then I'm actually wearing my shirt that says Final Girl. It's one of my favorite horror tees because mm. I just want to live, man. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> make it through tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. I like it, Laura. I like it. What about you, Greg? What are you What are you wearing tonight uh, there, Father? <laughs> so I, I'm dressed as Father Marin, and that's my background. You kind of see him in the back with Father Damien. They're starting the exorcism. Is that mm -hmm. what's happening in my background? So... Yeah, it's pretty simple. I've got my little black shirt, this white thing. I don't really know what this does. You know what this does? It's just it kind of a... does? Or what it, it is or why. It. It I, it does power. <laughs> I think it protects your Adam's apple from demons, yeah. So oh, okay. No, no demons can karate chop your neck, yeah. Okay, well, it's just made of the papers, though. <laughs> it's not oh, like dang. Kevlar man, or anything. You're, you're going to get karate chopped in tonight. Yeah, and this is my this is my prop. It's been melting here for the last 20 minutes. Uh it's it's cookies and cream, also known as a, a pazuki. As we learned from Laura, the, the, de the ghost demon in this movie is called pazuki. So no, <laughs> it's pazuzu. I'm taking a bite. Oh. oh, look at him! He's taking a bite out of pazuzu. Mm. Yeah, wow. Wait, Greg, it's pazuzu. You're the one that keeps calling it pazuki. It's pazuzu, like a yeah. zoo. Mm -hmm. You said it was called pazuki. No, I said it was called pazuzu, and you. And we, <laughs> well, that's and we, a stupid name. <laughs> Pazuki is more appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. Oh well, it's close enough. Oh no, it's perfect. Enough. I love it. Good job, Greg. Good job. I like. I it. like that better, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of eating things or projectile, what you eat? Um, I am dressed as literally. I'm wearing all green. I'm taking kind of Greg's theme from uh from season of the witch. Just Greg put on all gray, and he was he was the monolith in the movie. So I'm I'm wearing all green. And I'm just split pea soup. I'm split pea soup. I'm a vomit, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And also my background is green Reagan. Green Reagan. You can see her eyeball as I move a little bit to the side there. It's pretty creepy. Um, okay. And then, yeah. And then I have one other prop I want to bring. You know, um, this is a shot glass of split pea soup. So I have oh. a shot glass here. It's green. has some chunks no. in it. It looks like it came out of Reagan's mouth. Um, no. So, yeah. I'm going to do a shot here. So Don't do it. No. Okay. <gasps> You're chewing shit. <laughs> chewing it. Stop. Oh it my some, god. Has some chunks in it. Has some chunks in it. Oh mm. my goodness. Mm, wow. That was foul. It's really good. It's really good. Mm. Wow. Drink some of your cocktail. Yeah, let's, let's get your cocktail then. Help wash it down, Laura. What are, what are we drinking tonight, Laura? We're we're going back oh. to everybody knows. 
we're going back to Laura fully taking over drinks again. We love the conjecture ween. You know, me and Greg do a pretty good job coming up with our own things, but we love it better when Lords does it for us. So what are we drinking tonight, Laura? <laughs> we are drinking a Captain Howdy. Uh, it's actually, I did not make this up. I found this recipe online. It it really exists. And it is cherry vodka mixed with cola and grenadine. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, it's fucking delicious. And I actually brought a little extra something here. It melds really well with split pea soup. Mm-hmm. That's That does not sound like that's true. Wow. Uh, I brought a extra shot because I have a shot glass with Reagan's face on it from my awesome four shot glass collection. Nice. I'm about to make mine a double. Okay. I'll do another shot of split pea soup. Okay. Cheers. Split pea soup. Yay. Oh, I didn't stir that well enough. (laughs) Wow. Mm. My soup is very salty. Is your soup hot too? Was it warm? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, some... disgusting. Yeah, yeah it's kind of salty, like the language in this movie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thought it'd be thought it'd be fitting. You know. Mm-hmm. There we go. We got some. We got some good drinks going on. We got some shots. Um, I'm chewing things. So that's always good Ugh. for a pod. All right. So let's. Um, <clears throat> so we're like we're just we're geez I can barely talk and I got spilty soup all in my mouth. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Um. So like we said, we're doing the exorcist. Exorcist this week, 1973 film. Uh, this is my movie choice. Um, and I, I just picked it because I mean, this is, you know, one of the people say top five, you know, horror movies of all time. It's iconic. It's, you know, like Laura said, it's 50 years old, coming up 50 years old. And it's one that definitely watching this movie this week, I have never seen it. I wow. thought I thought I might have seen it, but I think it's just, you know, living 38 years of my life and hearing about it and seeing images online and stuff like that. I feel like I thought I saw it, but yeah, watching it. No way. I I literally maybe knew the last 20 minutes and then the rest of this movie, I'm like, I've never seen this before. So I really just wanted to watch it because I was kind of sure that I maybe had never seen it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same camp, but I've only seen several of the, you know, the the key scenes, the ones that a lot of people remember, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I have seen the movie when I was a kid, but then, you know, the only certain things stick. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the yeah. the more horrifying scenes were the ones that lingered in my memory, but the rest of it, yeah, I was seemed totally new to me. Yeah, and, and we're not sure right now if Greg actually watched it this time. We don't, we don't know what Greg watched now. You know, <laughs> me me and me and Laura watched the extended director's cut. Uh, Greg watched a video on YouTube. It might have been a fan film. We're not really <laughs> sure exactly, but so, so we'll see. Let's see how the review goes. If, if Greg brings up things that weren't there. Or Greg doesn't know what we're talking about. We can kind of <laughs> delve into that, you know. All right, let's move on. So before we get to a little bit more of the movie here, uh, it's time for a horrorish segment of the week. And this week I have for you guys. All right, this week I got a question for you guys. Got a question. And this is definitely pertaining to The Exorcist, uh, you know, this week. What are you doing, Laura? I just, this drink is so, so I shouldn't have put a second shot in it. Wow. Too strong. Well, yeah. You throw up on camera. That'd be sweet. That'd be a good thing. I know. You really want me to, don't you? I do. I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Patreon content. (laughs) I Um, am one of those, too. When I throw up, it's it's like a... Yeah, I make a horrid sound. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those where I'm like screaming. I'm like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There's your sound. There's the end sound. I love it. Good job, Laura. Mm -hmm. All right. So the question we got this week... uh, you know, pertains to the exorcist, of course. Um, and it really has to go back to what Laura said at the beginning uh, when she was talking about her, what she's wearing and just saying that, you know, in the seventies when this movie came out, that people like lost their shit in the theaters. People were throwing up everywhere, fainting. 
I know that I read some things online that some theaters had to literally have ambulance and, and police cars yeah. on site just mm-hmm. in case people got sick or got, you know, didn't feel well during the screening. So like they, if you're like forward thinking enough to be like, Oh, we need to have an ambulance ready when somebody watches yeah. this movie, that's already insane. So mm-hmm. that's why I like, you know, kind of has a big thing to do with this question. And that is, you know, I wanted to kind of like talk to you guys about this a little bit is like knowing what this was in the seventies when this movie came out and how like nobody had ever seen something like this at the time. And, you know, it, it scared, I think, half the people. I would say the other half of the people probably were just more disgusted or shocked by the imagery. And do you guys ever think, knowing like what we are now in our culture and possibly how desensitized we are with media, do you think we'll ever get back to what this movie was in the 70s, this type of release where people just like couldn't handle this type of film? Do you think we're mm-hmm. ever going to have this again? You know, and, and if we do, my second question to you guys would be like, what? could it possibly be in a film like what could we possibly do in the next you know 10 to 50 years in a movie that would shock people enough that they would pass out and vomit in the theater like that you know i also do not think that there's ever going to be anything like this movie and how audiences in the 70s reacted to it and i would say not even just the fainting and vomiting just what the movie is and what it was to people when it came out i don't think We're just, we are too desensitized right now. Even if a movie does manage to have a visual of something that we've never seen before, I just think we're so desensitized in almost every other way that it still would not be as shocking as this movie was. I think that if anyone got close, it would probably be Ari Aster when he did Hereditary and Midsommar. I feel like maybe those two may be close in that Mm -hmm. running to just, images that people were shocked to see and especially Midsommar hadn't really seen before, but no, I don't, I, I agree. I don't think any movie will ever yeah. be like this one. Yeah. I think, um, I think the opposite. I, I think that we, we will get to something at some point. It, it reminds me of the, the technology discussion. I was reading an article some time ago that was, referencing some scholar in the early 1900s that said, you know, once the the automobile and the TV had been invented, he, you know, proclaimed that that was it. Humanity could not advance any further technology wise that we've reached the pinnacle. And that's just because from his perspective, that's the most advanced thing that you could imagine. You're sending beams of light and, and information across the world in instant moments. So I, which I understand you could be like, well, where do you go from there? But I can never discount humanity and what people are capable of thinking. And as far as gore and shock, you could always, I don't know if the ratings would ever allow something gorier to be seen by the public. Maybe one day when we've gotten used to it, but you know, I, I think it can always get grosser and gorier and as far as scary that which is another which is separate from gore because gore is meant to gross you out but scary is something that can instill dread i i also think that you can go light years beyond like my benchmark for scary is actually nothing that i've ever seen on the screen like i the scariest things that i've ever experienced and felt have been in my nightmares Mm-hmm. And I, I've had nightmares of, of just and the feeling that it puts in you 
is scarier than anything that I've ever seen in a movie. And if somehow we can tap into that and get people feeling like their their biggest fears and their biggest you know dreads in like that visceral way that a nightmare can do, I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how you would make it personal from person to person, but I think it's possible. Again, I have no idea how, but I just you can't discount how crazy and creative people can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think that's that's the thing though, Greg, is that in 1973 when this movie came out, it affected so many viewers. It, it affected the majority in the same way, and that's what I just don't think is ever going to happen again. You know, I mean, there are mm. certain movies out there that you think is dumb and I think is horrifying and vice versa. Um, and I agree. Like, I do think that there's probably some form of gore or, or, or like a scary scene that we've never seen before that does pop up, you know, later in life in a, in a film, but I just don't think it's going to have the same effect, like collectively that the exorcist had on so many in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to my dad. My parents came over the weekend to, to visit a little bit. And I asked my dad about this. When The Exorcist came out, he was still in the Philippines. And he told me about watching this movie. And they actually had a theater. That was like the one thing that his village could do was go to the theater, put it on the screen. And he says that people, it, and it wasn't like the reaction, like what you were talking about here in the States. People went wild. Some people were entertained. A lot of people were grossed out. Some vomited. He said over there, because the Philippines was a highly religious country at the time, still is in in some cases, but he said everybody was just silent. Like they couldn't talk about it. They didn't want to talk about it. It was just, they couldn't say anything because it hit so close to home. And he was telling me that him and a lot of his friends, and they couldn't sleep for multiple days because that's all they could think about at nighttime was was the visuals that they saw and you know it was very much a a catholic country at the time and Mm -hmm. said that just people just couldn't process it wow wow that's crazy that's crazy wow yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah if anybody wants to email us and let us know like what their perspective is on the the exorcist and when it came out and if you think anything will ever compare to what this movie was from that. And if you do like, what the hell would it be? You know, just like live sacrifices on that's what we watch now. It's like, I don't even know what would even do it. Um, you can hit us up in Jecturing Pod at Gmail or Twitter and Instagram. All right. So let's, uh, let's get into the movie now. You know, if anybody listening, hopefully my audio sounds better. I was possessed by Pazuki for the first 30 minutes. So, <laughs> Uh, Greg uh, did a did an affirmation on me and he blessed me and threw some holy water. So my, my voice sounds a lot better now. So that's good. You know, I like it. I like it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> yeah. As I was eating my ice cream, I was like, the power of ice compels you and oh, my God. restored yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the crucifix went, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so let's. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I'm, I'm free now. I'm free, everybody. I'm back. You know, I'm fully back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get into the movie now. Let's. Uh, so it's time to rattle the bed. Let's rattle the bed and get to our movie this week. Um, so like we said, we're doing The Exorcist. We're doing 1973 film. Uh, we watched the extended director's cut. Uh, Greg, we talked about a little bit. We don't know what Greg watched exactly. He was on YouTube, so we're not sure, but uh. We'll see what happens during the episode a bit. <laughs> um, uh, director is William. Uh, is it Fr- Fredkin? Friedkin? How do you pronounce it, Laura? I think it's Friedkin. Friedkin? Yeah, William Friedkin. So. Okay. 
you know, the screenplay was written by William Peter Blatley. Yeah, a uh, budget for this movie is twelve million dollars. Box office, mm-hmm. box office, and this is like in the seventies was four hundred and forty one million dollars. I mean. Is, which in is like two thousand twenty dollars, is that like a quadrillion dollars or what? Well, I, mean, I look, I looked that up actually, and it says it says online based on inflation, this would be the highest grossing horror movie of all time. And I, I might be wrong here. I saw one number that said this would be equivalent to like one point eight billion dollars. Holy shit! So it would be wow. like the be like the Avengers, be like the Avenger Endgame movie. Like everybody saw that, you know, which is Damn. even crazier to think about of like how much bigger our, pop- our population is now and how many more people there are to see movies. And in the 70s, it was not that big. I don't even know if there was a huge market in China in the 70s. So like it's crazy to think like what this movie was for that time was like literally yeah. like 99% of the people saw this movie in some form, you know. Wow. Uh, Laura, do you want to do interesting facts? Okay. The scene where Reagan projectile vomits on Father Damien only required one take because the vomit was intended to hit him in the chest, but the plastic tubing misfired, hitting him in the face. So his reaction of shock and disgust while wiping it away is (laughs) genuine. Damn. What a great actor that guy must be to like stay in character in that moment and not not just be like, God damn it. (laughs) He's been in interviews since then and he was fucking pissed yeah he was like livid mad that that happened yeah there's like i don't know if you, I, I, I don't know if you have any more interesting facts like that but that's like a lot of stuff i read about this movie was like this director would like literally like fuck with the actors to get oh, real reactions yes yes like it's crazy and, and you know like he would be like mm-hmm. shooting guns off right before they yep. would shoot a scene what? no pun intended there to like make them like have like a heightened sense of anxiety and then he'd be like okay yeah. action you know you know what it makes sense because it's not like making a movie about a fucking exorcism doesn't produce enough anxiety in all the actors <laughs> that you have to slap people in the face yeah. before the shot. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. What else you got, Laura? Uh, oh, so due to death threats against Linda Blair, that's the actress who plays Reagan, um, from mostly religious zealots who believe the film glorified Satan Warner Brothers had to have bodyguards protecting her for six months after the film's release. And mind you, she was only 14 years old when this happened. Wow. And mm. she was the one getting death threats. Let me see how the movie glorifies Satan in some I, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody's like, nobody, nobody's nobody. like, go Satan in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the bedroom set had to be refrigerated so that the, so that they could capture the authentic icy breath of the actors in those exercising scenes. I was wondering and, how they did uh, that. Yeah. And Linda Blair, Reagan, she was only in that flimsy blue nightgown. And she has said in interviews that to this day, she cannot stand being cold. <laughs> wow. Aww. That's crazy. Traumatizing experience. That's funny. That, it, yeah, it's not surprising from the director. We just talked about slapping people before cut before <laughs> scenes to be like, oh, I need a real cold room, not like pretending. Speaking of crazy people making this movie, uh, actress Mercedes McCambridge, she is the voice actress who provided the voice of the demon. She insisted on swallowing raw eggs and chain smoking to alter her voice. <laughs> And this actress, who also had problems with alcohol abuse in the past, she wanted to drink whiskey because she knew it would also distort her voice. And she actually insisted that a priest be present to counsel her during the recording process. 
And on top of that, she also, (laughs) yes, she was, she was actually bound to a chair with pieces of torn sheets at her neck, arms, wrists, legs, and feet to get a more realistic sound of the demon struggling against its restraints. And the director has since admitted that her performance terrifies him to this day. Oh my god. I feel like this lady was just bored. I feel like she just had nothing else to do. No way, man. That is, that's crazy. She really (sighs) wanted to sound as horrific as humanly possible. Dang, that's crazy. Wow. And the last fact I have here is uh, the director, Friedkin. He asked a technical advisor to get the movie set exercised. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he he refused, but a priest did end up visiting the set and gave a blessing and a talk to reassure the cast and crew. So I think they were all pretty pretty freaked out. I was gonna say, don't you don't you exercise something if you confirm that there's a did the set have a demon in it? I, or, I don't know. I yeah, guess we'll okay. never know. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. yeah okay. Cool. Uh, Laura, do you want to do cast? Yeah. So we have Ellen Burstein. She plays Chris McNeil, the mom. Jason Miller as Father Damien. Linda Blair as Reagan. Uh, Max von Sydow as Father Marin. And this is a really fun fact. He was only 44 when this movie was made. The makeup they put on him made him look 74. At the end, right? When he comes back at the end, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. is that crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like 80 He was to for me. sure, yes, in his 80s. That's what I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh, Father William O'Malley plays Father Joseph Dyer, and I'm my mind is blown that this is a real priest. I didn't know priests could be actors, and it's funny because in the movie he actually plays an actor. Like he had a little part in that movie that Chris was working on, and then was like hanging out with them at the after party playing the piano. And I'm just like, what? Hmm. And Which he's a real priest. This? I, I... this is the um the friend, the one who. At the end is pretty. Oh, Damien's friend. He comes yes. in. He's a real priest. He's a real priest. Wow. Crazy. Oh, huh? Crazy. Yeah. You would think that they would frown upon that. I guess maybe as long as the movie has to do with religion or if you're like promoting the faith. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, he can't be in like, you know, um, you know, striptease or something like that. <laughs> striptease. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's crazy though. Cause that, that would even put more credence to the fact of like being like, Oh, they're trying to, you know, not prophesy Satan, but they're trying to, like, you know, put Satan on a pedestal. And be like, we be like, we literally have a priest in this movie. If he would yeah. sign on to be in this movie, you know, it's on the up and up, you know? Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then we have Mercedes McCambridge. That's the voice actress I was saying who does the voice of Pazuzu. And Orson Welles actually called her the world's greatest living radio actress. Wow. So she's she's just good. She's good at her job. And last but not least, we have Eileen Dietz as the face of Pazuzu. And Mm. this blows my mind. She was actually uncredited. And I feel like I would be so pissed if I was her. Uh, So I had to make sure that we shouted her out here. No, I didn't even realize that was like a a woman. (laughs) I I, I was just like, I I guess I just automatically thought it was just a man, I guess. And it just looks Mm -hmm. fucked up, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, cool, cool. Nice. Um. Uh, Laura, do you want to do synopsis? Let's do it. So this movie, I didn't mention this in the fun facts, but it's actually very loosely based on real events from the 1940s. I don't know Mm. if you guys knew that. Very Mm. loosely. Um, And so in the film, we have our main character, Reagan. She's 12. 
and she's living with her mom, who's an actress, and they're on location for her mom's movie. So they're in like this new temporary house. And she finds, of course, Rob's favorite, a Ouija board in the attic. (laughs) And uh, after playing with that, she starts acting really strange. And her mom takes her to see literally every medical doctor and therapist you can think of. And they all come to learn that Reagan has basically been possessed by a demon and needs the help of two priests to perform an exorcism to save her. Mm -hmm. Nice. nice. Thank you. Yeah, I, w- I would have liked a little maybe Latin in there or backwards talking, but yeah, we'll take it. You know, that's pretty good. I like it, Lauren. Yeah, I can't do that. You can't do that stuff? No? Okay, all right. We'll leave that to Greg a little bit later on in the pod. Okay, all right. <laughs> the, whole, the only thing I can say backwards is that line in that Missy Elliott song. It's your from a Nipiswan yet. <laughs> Ooh, there we okay. go. There we go. There's the Rob, end sound. Can you reverse that and make yeah. it sound? Yeah, good job, Laura. I like it. That, For any not, Missy fans out there, you you know. I want to say I want to I want to see Pazuzu saying that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's get into the movie then. You know, let's just let's just start normally with the opening of this movie, which I mean, I I think I made a note here. The opening of the movie really is like the whole first third of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really like a 30 minute opening where it's just getting to know the characters, who they are, what they're about. I mean, I really have to jump off here and talk a little bit to Greg because we had a little text going. We were watching it. Uh, well, I don't know if me and Greg had the same viewing, but um, I-, I text Greg because the opening of this movie starts with like them digging artifacts and I believe it's Iraq or, or yeah. I where it was exactly. And I text Greg and Laura, too, because we me and Greg have never seen this before. Uh, I was like, did I rent Indiana Jones in the last crusade? Like, like, like it's, li- it's literally the same opening to Indiana Jones. It's the same yeah. exact opening almost to a T, you know, I wouldn't, really? be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if Indiana Jones like took this opening and like, like over oh, that's gonna be our opening because I, I, I still don't know what half this stuff has to do with the movie itself, but what do you guys think of like the opening, the digging up an artifact, you know, then we'll get into like characters a little bit more. But you guys think about the whole artifact scene. It's like the first 15 minutes of the movie. The funny thing about the whole opening is it, it was weird watching it, but I kind of appreciated it. It was very like trance like there w- was hardly any talking. It's just mm-hmm. your the camera is following um, this this old guy around and you know, some kid runs up to him and he says, we found something, you know, pieces of something. And then he goes to, to where they dug up these special artifacts and he's looking at it. So I think he's the expert. And then you spend the next 20 minutes of him just meandering about the city. And he has this very concerned, anxious behavior about him. And I actually have a theory about why this is. And Laura, you mentioned that in your synopsis that when Reagan found the, the Ouija board in the attic, then they started playing with it. And that's when she got possessed. But I was wondering if when they dug up this artifact out of the ground and it looked like a demon, you know, there was a coin with some writing on it, kind of looked like hieroglyphics or something. Mm-hmm. And there was a little statuette. When he looked at it, he was filled with dread. You could see it in his eyes and he was scared. I was wondering, did they, when they dug up that artifact, did it release Pazuki into the world? Was he, was he basically buried underneath this archaeological site? And then when they unearthed him, was he sort of, um, just like released into the world? And then I think that it was because then when you look at this guy ends up being Father Marin, you don't know this in the beginning. You don't even know that he's religious. He just looks like an old Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, you don't you don't realize any of this at first. But it's yeah, it's really interesting, and I think it links to that somehow because later in the movie you see, you know, there's a moment where like Reagan jumps up out of the bed. She kind of looks like a mummy, you know, coming out of the ground. She's got the bandages, and then you see the image of the the Pazuki statue. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it makes me think that somehow he released it onto the world and he knew it. And not only did he know it, he realized, okay, well, it's just a matter of time before this thing inhabits somebody and I'm being called upon to help. But it's, it's just how it looked to me. What do you, what do you think? What do you think, Laura? What do you think, Laura? Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, I, I mean, I just took it that this guy, he knows his shit. And when they find this additional artifact, he recognizes it. He knows that this is the artifact of Pazuzu and it just fills him with so much fear. And actually, I think that's a really strong theory. The only problem with that is that they do show the the bigger statue Mm-hmm. Uh, of Pazuzu also in the beginning while he's there which which has already been unearthed it's like a big statue of yeah. him that's already been there that's kind of the only thing but you know they mentioned in the movie that Father Marin has done an exorcism before that's mm-hmm. why they kind of call upon him so I don't know that he's done an exorcism with the same demon probably not no but, I think he did oh you think he I, has I oh, think and, he did and that's why it scares him yeah, so much. Yeah, because there, there's uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're jumping kind of to the end here a bit, but it's okay. You right. know? We'll yeah. still go through it, but I, I definitely do think so, because that's one thing, like, watching this movie, I think that's why I was confused in the beginning, because you don't know what's happening in the beginning of this movie. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like Greg, I'm expecting this movie to kind of definitely start in a suburban setting, and kind of pretty quickly be like, okay, we're in a home, and this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. I was thrown off being like, where are we? What's happening? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I just wasn't expecting this opening. I mean, it does get paid off in the end, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I do like the opening. But I, I definitely feel that you know, Father Marin at the beginning of this movie, this is like the intro to like this demon and him. And mm-hmm. there's also a scene later on when the two priests are talking about bringing him in to do this, and they say like, oh, whatever, forty years ago, he had an experience with the demon and exorcism, and he barely lived through it. And in my yeah. mind, like that was this demon because later on when Regan. We're not Regan when when Pazuki, you know, we're just going to call him Pazuki this episode when Pazuki sees Father Marin or like hears that he's coming like she has this look on her face of like, oh, like I know him. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it is. I mean, we won't get into like the sequels to this movie because I think it's kind of confirmed that one of the sequels to this movie is a prequel and it is Father Marin's first exorcism with this demon. Um, but I'm oh. pretty sure in this movie itself, that's what they're playing out, playing off from. Yeah. And that, and that's why it, it is a really good payoff. I think at the end of like her recognizing him or like, I keep seeing her, you know, the demon is probably doesn't really have a gender. The, right. the entity, the entity recognizes him as like, Oh, like I've, I've seen you before, which I think makes the opening work actually. You know, mm-hmm. if there was no connection, then it'd be like, what the hell's happening in the beginning yeah, of this movie? You know, exactly. Which yeah. is how it felt. And there was a moment where I thought, wasn't there an intro with an old guy? Whatever happened to that in the yeah. middle of the desert? Yeah, because that's that's one thing about this movie, too. The, the version me and Laura watched was like two hours and 12 minutes long. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how long uh, Greg's movie was. Mine was but... about two hours and two minutes. So you have about okay. 10 minutes. Extra, yeah, 10 minutes yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's pretty, it's a long movie. And so to know something you watched in the first 15 minutes, and then you don't get the payoff until almost two hours later, 
Like mm-hmm. it, by that time, you kind of almost somewhat forgot about the opening. Like it's so yeah. long and there's nothing that pays it off in between anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So like it, definitely watching this in the beginning, you're kind of thrown off like what is going on, you know? Right. But, but as a whole, when you're finishing the movie, I think it does work really well from a storytelling perspective. It pays off the opening really good, actually. So I actually like the opening, you know, as much as I didn't know what's going on. Yeah, me too. You have to give them so much credit because that whole opening, there really wasn't a hook. I mean, maybe finding the artifacts was something, but it's not like something shocking or jarring happened. Like every movie has to do or every story, they tell you to write a hook in the beginning to get people's interest. It was 30 minutes of what is going on, a lot of mood setting, a lot of, you know, feeling like there's a mystery and just watching his expression. And you have clearly have no idea, but the uniqueness of that, you have to give them yeah. credit for that. Cause that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let, let's talk about like, I guess more of the suburban setting opening then, you know, it'd be kind of establishing Rika and her mom, who they are, you know, mm-hmm. father, father Damien, you know, who he is. Cause I feel like that's the secondary opening to this movie. Another yeah. 20 minutes, another 20, 30 minutes into this movie. Um, so what do you guys think of that secondary opening? Uh, let's go Laura first. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I, this kind of leads into characters and acting, which I know we'll talk more about, but I think that it was super genuine. I mean, the uh, so Chris, that's the mom, you know, she's an actress. She wor- works a lot. They're they're living on location and she gets home and um, just the you quickly see that she has a really awesome relationship with her 12 year old daughter. And it's just them. It's them. And, you know, obviously they're a very well off family. So it's um, a couple people they've hired to tend to Reagan, tend to the house, what have you. Wait, Laura. Um, is it is she is she officially 12 in this movie is that how old she's supposed to be yeah really wow mm-hmm. i always thought i thought she was like maybe 16 no she's wow she's 12. i didn't realize yeah. she was supposed to be that young in this movie i mean she looks young but i didn't think that young oh wow that's fucked she up. says she it was... at one point one of the doctors says how old are you and she goes 12 yeah wow, wow that's crazy I, yeah. I feel bad for all my jokes I've made now. It's okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's, um, it's needed. We obviously need to set up this family and you know how they live their life. And I just think that um, you could tell, even though she's a working mom and a single mom, she cares a lot about her daughter. And as far as 12 year old girls go, she's a sweet, good natured, just like average preteen girl, which I think is also important to set up that, there aren't any, you know, she doesn't have any like behavioral issues going into this that would cause them to be like, oh, well, that's just Reagan acting out. You know, it, it definitely comes out of left field when she starts to act weird. It's not her normal demeanor. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you, Greg? Anything you spot out kind of in the secondary opening of this movie? No, they did a pretty solid job of just introducing the characters. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, you find out that she's divorced. And I, I love the scene where you know, she's really nice and she's schmoozy with the people that she works with and she's a loving mother, but then she gets on the phone trying to reach her Mm ex-husband so that he can visit or at least talk to his daughter on her birthday. And she starts like dropping, you know, F-bombs and, you know, goddamn this and whatever. And like, that was jarring to me because she seems so sweet. And the, but the first thing I, that I thought after that was, wow, what a great actress. So yeah. she did a good job. Um, and with those few scenes, you already understand where she's coming from. So that, that's enough. And then you kind of shoot back and forth between different characters. Uh, Father Damien is the other one. And 
I think he does a good job too. You can tell the first thing that you find out about him is he's sort of conflicted. Yes. He says stuff about, you know, he's losing a little bit of the, the faith. He thinks he should be sent out for a transfer. He's not fit to be where, where he is. He's kind of like a, I guess his profession is not only to be, you know, a priest, but he's also a psychologist. That's sort of his mm-hmm. side, his side profession. And he uses those both, like he marries those two skills together um, to provide you know, religious uh, services and education. But he has, he's just seen a lot of things. His mother is dying and uh, he can't do much about it. And you just, you see the struggle in him trying to be a good, pious, faithful servant of the church, but also struggling with, with several different things. So they did a good job with him too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I would have to say slightly of a negative to me, you know, a lot of this movie though is, it's very slow. It's very slow. It's, it's long. Um, but it does a really good job in the time it gives you to really know these characters, feel for them. And I feel like if it didn't do that, you know, in the first, I mean, it does it for like an hour in this movie, you know, if it didn't do a lot of that, the endings wouldn't matter as much. So as much as I feel like it is long, you know, maybe they could have done it a certain way faster. I don't know, but I'm glad that they did it enough to where you care about these characters because they have the opening right. with Regan and her mom. You feel for them. You get their connection. You care for her as a child. You care for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mother as a mother, of course. And then you care for Father Damien as like, you know, a human, as a father, as a, you know, seeing, you know, like he's a, he's a son of a mother. You know what I mean? So you feel for everybody in this movie. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is like the biggest thing from this secondary opening is just like you actually give a shit about these characters. Yeah. And without that, this movie does not work at all. If they would have oh, rushed yeah. if they would have rushed it, rushed the opening and being like, let's get, you know, quote unquote, as we would probably do nowadays, let's get to the good stuff, let's get to yeah. craziness, right. then you wouldn't care as much at the end of this movie. So it's it's a it's a good secondary opening. As much as it's long, it's a really good secondary opening to this movie. So I liked it. I liked it. I agree with you guys too. It's really good. Um Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's talk a little bit, I guess, specifically about like the acting themselves. You know, a little bit of the acting. You know, the characters. Uh, what do you guys think of like, you know, the actors? You could talk about the main three if you want. If you want to delve into anybody else, but uh, what do, what do you think, Laura? What do you think about the actors in this movie? I mean, I think all of the acting across the board was phenomenal. I will do a quick shout out that I do think one guy ha- had really bad acting and that was the director of the movie <laughs> that the the mom was working at. I think his name was Burke. Burke? Mm-hmm. Burke, oh yeah. yeah. Burke? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they need you to know that he's an alcoholic because that does kind of play into effect later. There's a scene where he dies and we're like, well, did he die because he was watching a yeah. heavily sedated, possessed girl? Or did he die because he's just always super wasted? But the scene, there's a scene where he gets really drunk and it was just so cheesy and silly. And I was like, this guy, this fucking guy, you know? Uh, Okay. So he's like my only outlier here, but yeah, I thought the acting was so strong. And again, just, we talk about this a lot whenever there's a, a child in any movie, but how the hell now granted she plays a 12 year old and i think she was 13 or 14 when they filmed this movie still jeez. how did linda blair she i mean she's got the weight of this movie on her shoulders it's her she's the one who's possessed and the fact that 
she is able to act out the subject matter. None of it is appropriate. And this movie takes it even further. I mean, I am just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Greg? What do you think? Yeah. I remember thinking about midway through the movie when she's possessed, her acting is insane and mm-hmm. not just because it looks insane and the content of what she's saying and doing, but how, how many adults can even do that? She just took yeah. it to another level. And I don't, I don't know how you audition for that part, <laughs> but okay. yeah, yeah, that, that was, um, that was incredible. Uh, but as far as like, as far as acting across the board, it's, it's great. I feel like to me, acting and dialogue and playing out the, the screenwriting is an area that is highly susceptible to criticism with me specifically. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I always look for that. And you guys know that's like, I, I harp on that a lot of times if it doesn't it feels too rushed or feels too forced or not realistic. And I didn't have really anything to say about that in this movie. Just this all on point. It's, it, it's a solid drama when you think about mm-hmm. going past the, the horror aspects of it. Um, and it, it felt realistic. I love the, the conversations, you know, each, other characters, they have their own time with other characters, and those little bits of conversations really hooked me. That some of the the best convos I loved were the ones with the detective. He <laughs> had a conversation with Damien when Damien was on the uh, the track, and he's trying to smooth with him and mm-hmm. get him to understand. Go see, with, go see a movie with him. Mm-hmm. Go see a movie. He's like <laughs> negotiating, but it's like a, there's a side story. He's trying to investigate, you know, uh, a murder that's happening, and so on and so forth. And then he goes to the house and. He visit with visits with chris and she there's that scene where she makes him a cup of coffee and he's walking this fine line between accusation yeah and, and saying that her daughter killed murdered him and just kind of like stating facts mm-hmm. and like the tension of that scene of her not wanting to admit it when she realized that it happened oh, and their yeah. like gentle banter their subtle back and forth but the, i thought that was great and then you know when he leaves the uh the house and asks for her autograph it, that that was so beautiful because you didn't know if he actually wanted it or not he i i could have easily seen him walk out the door and like throw in an autograph like out in the bushes and didn't care but he was trying to prize an investigator and and use his skills to uh of, and his personality to be on her side rather to just you know accuse his daughter her daughter of murder so all the different interactions with everybody it's exactly like you said, Rob, if you don't have those and you don't understand who these people are and the struggles that they're going through and what their motives are, you really don't care. But I I love that they spent the time flushing out all these characters. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm with you guys. The acting overall in this movie is really great, especially like you said, talking about the 13 year old child, you know, having to do these scenes and, and, and and I know it's, it's 50, 50, it's the actress, it's the voiceover, you know, and that, that mills together to make a great performance. So, Mm -hmm. but still like, if you, you, even if you put this movie on mute and just watch, you know, Linda Blair act in the scenes, the way her facial expressions she makes and things she does. And, you know, even in like the beginning of this movie, when she's playing, you know, a normal child and very innocent, you know, just the way like she looks and the way she kind of does her eyes and her mannerisms are so childlike and it makes so much sense. And then to go to possession when her like eyes look insane and her her mannerisms are like very, you know, crazy. And so it's like just that just that balance is crazy. Like you said, just an actor in general, but a child actor it is so cool, you know. And then Father Damien, I think he's so solid in this movie. And that's yeah. one thing I noticed in this movie a lot, talking about the slow pacing of it. 
I found it very similar to the original Halloween. Like the slow burn, the very the quietness of certain scenes where it's just Father Damien like sitting with his mother and like not saying anything, and it's just you hear nothing. Where there's scenes where like people are walking around in like a courtyard and you don't hear anything at all until they come closer to the camera and then you hear footsteps. Oh, and it's yeah. little things like that that I pick up. I don't know if it's an older way of shooting, um, shooting movies that just we don't do anymore now. Everything nowadays is so overproduced and over mm-hmm. sound effects, but I, I appreciate so much now watching these older movies, the silence that people give in them. And I feel like it means so much more because you just I'm not used to it, you know, and there's so many scenes with Father Damien himself where just he's sitting there pondering, like Greg said, his his faith, pondering what he believes in, you know, is is his heart still in this? And I feel like those scenes, you know, whether it's the silence of the room with him or just his facial expressions, his eyes, he had like such sad eyes in this movie. And I feel like that's how, <laughs> yeah. like, how, do, how do you how do you make your eyes like look sad as an actor, like your eyes, like your your pupils? Like, how are you even doing that? You know, it's so <laughs> crazy to think like that. But and no one in, in this movie is a I mean, I guess I can't really say at the time, but they don't seem like uh, Hollywood A-list actors, no. right? Like they all yeah. seem like people that you Pretty haven't. Unknown. Unknown, right? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Cause I think, I think I thought I read something that Father Damien was like a theater actor and this was like his mm-hmm. first theatrical like movie, you know, wow. that the, the director or whoever saw him was like, Oh, you should do this, you know, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's um let's get into a little bit more like the details of the movie now. Let, let's talk about a little bit of the science versus faith in this movie. Whether you want to talk about the scientists themselves being like, you know, Regan has ADD, you know, she needs Ritalin, you know, and that's what's wrong with her. Let's go through all these procedures. And then the faith base, you know, being like, no, no, she's possessful. You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys <laughs> think about that balance? Do you think... Do you think there was too much science in this movie? I keep talking about how long this movie is because there's certain scenes I'm like, did we need this? I mean, there's a good 20 minute chunk. It's just all about, you know, the the test they're putting her through. Do you guys think they needed it? What do you think? Can Laura? I can I jump in just to answer your question here? Yeah, go for it. I I will tell you what I think about the science versus faith part of this movie, but um, specifically the I think you all. I know I felt really uncomfortable when she's getting that one procedure done where they stick the needle in her neck artery. That's the worst scene of this movie. For it me. is the, yes, it yeah. is the worst scene of this movie. And it's, it honestly, oh, it is so just gross. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. However, I, and I, and I confirmed this, I, I read about this. They put that in there so that you feel for Reagan. You are so sympathetic to her this poor kid having to go through all these tests and that one is so invasive. And I think that that totally, I'm so glad that they did that. I know it's making this movie longer and is it needed? Is it not needed? You know, maybe not, but it's true. Like you're seeing all this shit they're putting her through and you know that she's possessed. So you're just like, Oh, this poor thing. And it's because I do think that some movies that have this possession element they do kind of lose that. Did you care enough about this character before? Well, really any movie, like before a character dies, yeah. did you care enough about them before they died? Or mm-hmm. was there really not that good buildup? And so I just wanted to address that real quick since you were talking about that. But just kind of going back to this, the whole science aspect of this mm-hmm. movie, that really worked for me. I I really liked how they were not a religious family. 
she even says, I'm not religious. My daughter's not religious. And you see how these medical doctors are literally going through anything and everything they can think of. Mm. And sure, she's like pushing, she's getting the best medical care she can for her daughter, but she's trusting them because no one is thinking that this could be a possession, you know, that needs an exorcism. And then even when they suggest it so far down the road, they're suggesting it as a placebo. They don't even actually think she needs an exorcism. They're just like, oh, well, she's so mentally unhinged. She thinks she's possessed. So maybe just give her a pretend one and it'll make her, you know. So I I really liked it. Yeah. What what about you, Greg? What did you think of like the whole science part of this movie? I think it works. You almost have to place the movie in its time. And just from different things that, you know, I've read in the past, I know that at, at... this time there was sort of a a religious crisis if not around the world definitely in the u.s where there was a you know decline after after the second world war i think there was a a rise in in church activity but then when you got into like the 60s and sort of the more the the open social movements and rise in um secularity i think you had a decline in uh like attendance people weren't going to church as much Hmm. so there was kind of a panic that uh people were not paying attention to religion and their faith so i have a feeling that this movie was sort of speaking to that and and sort of saying that look science and modernism and you know all of these new radical ideas they can't fix everything At, at some point you have to go to your faith and that's what it's it that's what it seemed like to me so i i liked how they started they pretty much did what you said, Laura. They started from like a, uh, they, they threw everything in the medical book that they could. And, you know, they took all those brain scans. And then when nothing from like the, the top level medical professionals worked, then they were even reluctant to see if she needed a psychiatrist. Even that I think was yeah. taboo at the time. They mm. were like, Oh, um, could she have a split personality? I don't know about that. I mean, mm. but like, so even that at the time was something that they didn't want to talk about or explore. But then eventually they said, okay, let's, let's get a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist on board to look at her. And then even then, like you said, uh, I think it was Father Damien who said something like he didn't even really believe in uh, exorcisms. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said that they don't really happen, that you're as much of an expert as, as most people. And he called it a force of suggestion. So even like a placebo, like you said, Laura, mm-hmm. if, if you do exercise somebody, it's really just making them believe that they're inhabited by a demon and making them believe that it's being expelled. So even at that, but like seeing the gradual range, I think was necessary and mm-hmm. necessary to the message of the movie that they're trying to to push so it, although it seems weird and jarring they spent a lot of time doing it it, it it makes sense to me you know yeah yeah no i mean i i agree with you guys i agree i mean i mean it, like i said it all goes back to like the opening of this movie and the character development of the characters and it's like everything does pay off at the end when you're watching in the moment you're thinking like is this needed do we need this but when you get to the end you're like yeah we did need it we, yeah. did, we did need almost every minute of this movie to have a really great payoff, you know? I mean, like Laura said, I do like the fact that as much as this is a movie about an exorcism, like one, the mom doesn't believe in it. Two, mm-hmm. the actual priest doesn't believe in it. You know <laughs> what I mean? And then the medical professionals don't. Like nobody in this movie actually believes in what's going to be happening. And I think that alone is actually really cool. 
the fact yeah. that they took that perspective. But they would have made Father Damien like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. It probably wouldn't work as well because when he's finally there, like him still being a doubter, trying to almost trick, you know, you know, Pazuki, yeah. Pazuzu into like saying things or doing things. And his realization you see in his face of like, oh, shit, like this is real. Like that's a great payoff, too, you know. Because I also noted that something I noted that was interesting was the mom in this movie. She says Jesus Christ like so many times in this movie as like a negative, you know, negative connotation of like, you know, yeah. Jesus Christ, why are we doing this for Jesus Christ this? And I feel like that had to have been on purpose because there's so many times because it's like, you know, you're like you're not supposed to say that as like a religious person. It's like, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a commandment, but I mean, it's like, you know, it it's, is. yeah. Using the Lord's name in vain, just oh, kind of casually. I Father, think Father Greg chiming in, you know, thank you, Father. <laughs> I, you know? I think I've said that on every one of our episodes. <laughs> I oh, say that all the Wait, can time. I, yeah, you, you're yeah. forgiven, Laura. Oh my god! <laughs> Did drink some holy water or something? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think it just goes back to like that character development of showing, you know, very subtle ways in this movie of like, yeah, she does not believe she's using these words, just whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it is multiple times she says it. So I'm like, oh, it was there for a purpose, you know? Um, yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into like the big the big stuff in this movie let's get into like the possession aspect of this movie the vulgarity how far this movie goes does it go too far what what do you think uh, what do you think laura let's start with laura you know what do you what do you think about it i think we could all agree that normally this much vulgarity and like you know we we especially talked about this with rob zombie recently when he did his take on halloween Mm -hmm. it's like is this too far is this necessary i think we all are like oh come on we don't really need that however like we are saying with everything else we're talking about it is needed in this movie it is the movie i I mean this movie would not be what it is without that it's just it does go far too far but that's that's why this is the exorcist. It, it's I almost can't put it into words, but I think that as hard it, as it is to watch, it's necessary and it wouldn't be the same movie without it. And ugh, I mean, it's super shocking. I've seen this movie countless times and it is still shocking every time I watch it. Mm. Um, what, it's a really fun story to tell you guys, but there's this older theater near us. And they they'll play like older movies there. And the theater is just really cool. And it's got the biggest movie theater screen I've actually ever seen. And uh, a few years ago during October, they were playing this movie. And so my husband and I went to go watch it and seeing it on a big screen, like in Mm. a theater. And we'd both already seen it. It was like it was like the first time we were just horrified. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I think I think it's I think it it's needed in this movie. Yeah. But what about you, Greg? What do you think about like the possession, the vulgarity in this movie? Yeah, and the possession was insane. I can't I can't believe it, it that this movie ha- is like thirty something years old or whatever it is, forty years old. Fifty. Fifty years old? Oh Almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I it it was definitely a lot, and I wouldn't expect that out of any movie especially for it at the time. That's insane to hear that kind of stuff. But at the same time, again, this goes back to like the science first faith thing, whereas I feel like it is, it's kind of needed. 
the the fact that this movie kind of comes in the wake of like the sexual revolution of the 60s is not i don't think is a coincidence like and again that the, the mom is not religious she drops a bunch of you know jesus christ and goddamn and all that stuff um and it's it's, it's a lot but I, I feel like that was what they were trying to do they, it almost seemed like this movie was trying to just scare you to go back to church <laughs> so like part of it was like well look what happens when you don't go to church you know you you lose your way you become susceptible to possession you're gonna start cussing and you're gonna think it's okay so oh my god <laughs> I know, that's kind of how it felt to me i think, I think we're all possessed then already yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'll say so, so like that's although it seemed extreme like it definitely fit what they what it seemed like they were trying to do in the movie yeah yeah wow yeah let's uh let's talk about like do you guys want to spot out any specific scenes? I know I definitely, we have to talk about, I think, the scene that I think might not have been needed. It's the whole crucifix, you know, in Regan's vagina and her, like, you know, the demon doing that to her and then shoving the mom's face in there and telling her to lick it. And that was one scene where I'm like, like, was that needed? Like, that that to me was like, wow, we, we kind of went a little off there. Like, the possession stuff, all works for me you know all the scenes throwing up and her head spinning around in the bed stuff and like that all works for me and i'm like whoa that's crazy but that one like sequence i'm like did it cross the line what what do you think laura normally in any (laughs) other movie i would say yes it did it's too much and gross but i think they were trying to show the audience this is a demon or this is the devil himself that's going to need to go as far as they can think. And that is pretty far. Yeah. I don't think you can go any farther. I don't any think farther. you can either. Any, any, <laughs> any, any farther. <laughs> no pun intended there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, I, mean, I guess it's... if you put it in the father, that'd be farther, but okay. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It does suck. <laughs> uh, but, but also um, I mentioned that this was loosely based off of things that happened in the forties. And, and it was a book written. And so actually this was in the book. This was one of the things that wow. um, I don't think this didn't actually happen because I, I read that the events that this is based off of, it was actually a boy. So they changed the gender. So obviously that's a little <laughs> bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, fun interview that I just read before we hopped on was that um, when they were interviewing Linda Blair, they were like, are you going to be able to do this scene? And she goes, yeah. Oh, the scene where she masturbates with the crucifix. And the director goes, do you know what masturbation is? And she goes, of course I do. I do it, don't you? It's like jerking off. And oh she's my like 13 goodness. years old. Wow. wow. And I guess that was the moment where he was like, oh, man, you got the part. Like she just Dang. had a really good sense of humor about it. Wow. <laughs> so man, that just goes back to like, you know, Linda Blair is like an actress. As yeah. A, I'm, I'm not even going to call her a kid anymore as a woman, you know, yeah. like she, she seems like, man, she's like whatever they call, it. you know, the phrase an old soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as much as she's 13, like her mental capacity, I don't know what she acted in before this and you know, what life experience she had, but it definitely feels like she is old. She's mentally older than a 13 year old. She's yeah. at least like a 19 year old. You know, it's like she understands shit. You know, if that was her response, then that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't seem like the trauma that she took away from this movie was actually due to the subject matter. From what I'm reading, that any trauma she had 
was based on the conditions of how they filmed this movie. Mm. Like her getting jolted too hard by wires and like having back injuries. Or like I mentioned how it was freezing and she like was basically getting hypothermia, you know? So, yeah. Crazy. What what do you, what do you think, Greg? Do you think this movie went too far at all or anything? Or what do you think? My first reaction is, is yes, because you have to think, well, why has no movie since then done that or gone past (laughs) that? Yeah, there, there's there's point. clearly there's clearly a reason because yeah. they probably crossed some line, but then again, if you're trying to make the scariest, most horrific movie, which again, w- you're not talking about a mass murder, you're not talking about um, a, a wild bear out in the forest, you're talking about like the devil, mm-hmm. and you're trying to make a point, and you're trying to make, I guess, well, $400 million in that time. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do some really extreme stuff that's going to push the limit. So I think, I mean, they did what they did. Is it obviously to most people's tastes too far? Yeah, there's no question. Mm-hmm. But to what you're allowed to do in cinema, I mean, you, you push the limits. They did what they had to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will also add, I love how the mom, Chris, says at one point, without hesitation, she goes, that is not my daughter. And it is so believable. Mm. And I feel like in most other movies and as a parent myself, how would you look at your child and still not doubt maybe they're a little bit in there? Like, oh, that's not really my kid, but it's also still my kid. The fact that she is just like, nope, that is not Reagan. When you saw how close they were, Mm. that's to me, that's because of that scene. Mm. Her there is no part of her child that would have ever done that. It would just go so far. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I just, again, I think it's all needed and necessary for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you guys ever laugh at any of these scenes, any of these crazy scenes? Did you like chuckle at all at any of them? Like they're so, cause if you look at it nowadays, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. so over the top in some scenes and, and, and like I said, I, I've never seen this movie clearly before. My only reference now thinking about it is the movie Scary Movie when they when they <laughs> spoof a lot of this. And so, like, mm-hmm. there's certain scenes in this movie that are literally the scene from Scary Movie. And so, like, when she says certain things, I I kind of flash back to that and I start like chuckling at when she's like telling the father whatever he's like, fuck me in the ass or something like that or whatever she says. And and like. And it's just, I don't know. It's just so weird. And so out of place, there's certain scenes in this movie where I'm kind of like chuckling, which I don't think is definitely the point. <laughs> you guys didn't have any of that? You weren't laughing at any of those scenes I of mean, it, you know? I don't want to admit it, but I think I, yeah, certain <laughs> yeah. things that the demon says coming out of her. Mm-hmm. Because if if you guys said that, I would laugh. Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. So hearing it, it's weird. I wouldn't say it's a laugh. It's more like a, oh, you know, there's like a, <laughs> kind of chuckle but also like holy shit she's just said that that's crazy yeah like she's, she's like the demon's doing stand-up he's like a stand-up routine you know <laughs> he's like he didn't think about yeah. it like that mm-hmm. it's yeah funny. he's like i just he's think like, some, <laughs> sometimes i have like the sense of humor of a you know 15 year old boy so oh know, yeah. i find mm-hmm. it kind of funny yeah yeah exactly yeah dick and fart <laughs> jokes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like the only thing that i that i actually kind of I didn't laugh at any of that. Now that it, when you say a demon doing stand up, I feel like if I were to rewatch it, I might chuckle a little bit because <laughs> they were just kind of like a bunch of one liners, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The only thing mm-hmm. that I laughed at, that I kind of chuckled to myself about was it seemed like everybody smoked in this movie. I mean, priests smoked, doctors smoked, 
surgeons smoked, on-duty cops smoked, women, children. Everyone smoking in this movie. Was that the time? Like, everyone was just smoking. I thought it was kind of funny, but probably reflective of the 70s. One of of the images of Pazuzu comes on the screen and it's smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette, yeah. It was right right after the crucifix scene. It got done. Yeah, he needs a cigarette after that. Yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay, that's, that's my only one. I'm allowed one. I'm allowed one. Come on. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, like, because we talked a little bit in the opening here about, like, because I'm still not sure about this. So, Greg, your theory is that Regan was possessed through the Ouija board. That's what you're thinking, right? No, I, I wasn't thinking that. I thought that. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what Laura oh, was sorry. saying. Okay, Laura, I'm sorry. Okay, so Laura, you're the one that said that that's your theory that that Regan was possessed. Because I'm not clear about when and where and how and the Captain Howdy stuff. And like, yeah. I, I feel like I don't know if that was fully, I don't know, flushed out to me where I understood it. Did you, can you explain a little bit more, Laura? Yeah, I, I think it's just the fact that she was playing with the Ouija board. And as we know, that is an invitation for them to communicate what have you and then the captain howdy i just took that as like you know not that i'm an expert at this but a demon's gonna start off pretty slow and it's gonna maybe come to reagan as something that seems uh, you know not scary and seems silly where she's like oh captain howdy he's my quote-unquote invisible friend and that's kind of how it makes its move you know Okay. What about you, Greg? What do you, what do you think about that? Do you agree? I, I thought that I, I I'm not sure because yeah. I think that the the Ouija board aspect was one of several very brilliant things that they put in there to cause reasonable doubt as to her ailments. Like, mm. so you could either think of it as, well, is she creating an imagine a figment of her imagination? Is this a imaginary friend? Mm-hmm. There, there was there were several of them. You know, the the fact that she was cursing very uncharacteristically. Well, you had just seen her mother curse on the phone a few scenes before. She's acting out what she's she's repeating what her mom said. Mm-hmm. Is is she just acting out because her of her father's absence? Or Laura, you mentioned the other one. Did she push Bur- Burke, whatever his name was, Jennings, out the window, mm-hmm. or just the scene before you saw that he was a drunkard? So they. And uh, the thing with the holy water, it was just, just tap water. So they leave all these like little breadcrumbs to make you not be sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Ouija board was one of them. It made you think, well, is is she making this up or is there a, a religious aspect to it? Hmm. I, I, I wasn't sure. I think it could it could have something to do. Because one thing I wondered was why Reagan, actually? Yeah. So maybe... Like the moment that they, if you were to pair Laura, your theory with my theory, it would be like maybe the moment that he uncovered the Pazuki artifact, she happened to be opening up the and doing the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And this was the first portal that he saw into the real world and he jumped yeah. in and happened to be Reagan. Well, wait, if I'm not mistaken, though, I don't know if, Laura, if you guys remember this, you know, because we talk about the what is, what is the father's name? The end father? Mulaney? What is his name? Mer- Merlin or Marin. Merlin. <laughs> Merlin. <laughs> oh my god, they needed a fucking wizard in this movie. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm here, guys. He's like, "Thou shall not pass." <laughs> oh my god! Oh. You mix it up, you wizards. Yeah, that was in the scary movie spoof I watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, what was it, Marin? Marin. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'm because sure, at the end of this movie, they put prosthetics on him and make him look 80 years old or whatever. In the beginning, when he's digging artifacts, is he look that old? Because I took oh. it as like the beginning is 40 years prior to this movie. Did you guys wow. notice that at all? Or do you have any? Do you notice that Laura in the beginning of this movie? Did he look that old in the beginning? Wait, I didn't. I did not catch what you just said. I'm confused. <laughs> he, what Rob is saying is that in the beginning, and this is interesting. In the beginning, he looked a lot younger. And right. I think maybe he did look a little younger. Right, because it's not that present day. This was in okay. the past. That's oh. what we're saying. Because Greg's, well, theory. Okay. Greg's theory just said that like he said the same time as it was uncovered is when it was released and that went into Reagan. But I'm like, that was 40 years prior. Mm. They just said I mean? they just said North Iraq, but they never gave you a date. So yeah, it, it's it's feasible that yeah. it could have been there's a not, lot older. There's not timestamps. There's not time. I mean, it still doesn't solve, like I said, why Reagan like how they don't really go into it and it probably doesn't one of the damn sequels but um i still think it's the ouija board that's the ouija that's board is the obvious answer i'm sticking yeah. to it yeah Makes yeah sense. um all right let, let's get into a little bit of like the special effects and makeup in this movie you know greg talked a little bit in the beginning of this pod that his lips were chapped so uh <laughs> what do you what do you think about the chapped lips on regan in this movie greg it's hard to look at hard to look at man yeah. you can you can relate yeah <laughs> the, the cool thing is is and, and this was a great way to do this, the special effects. Rather than see the her, her facial features and her possession growing in the moment, which would probably cost a lot of money, they would just every time every new scene that you would cut to her, so there was something added to it. So at first she was pale. Oh, mom, I'm not feeling good. The next time her eyes were really like sunken in and red. The ne- the next scene that you jumped to her in the bedroom, suddenly she had these random cuts or, you know, mm-hmm. lesions on, on her face. Then, oh, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Then oh, the thing that really got me was her skin had sort of a yellowish hue underneath, mm-hmm. like it was infected. And then she got a little puffier. Her hair got kind of greasier. And then when she would talk at one point, her tongue would kind of come out like it was a serpent. Oh, and- yeah. Gosh, it was it, it was so crazy, and it every new scene was just that much more jarring. That got you, Laura, the tongue. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Laura, I, Laura actually got got, I actually got. I actually got. Like how I did it with my, my when I did it with my hand. Of that, yeah. add to it. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. What, what What about you, Laura? What did you think of like the special effects makeup in this movie? You know, you already talked a little bit about making Father Father uh, Wizard, whatever his name is, in this movie, a fucking you know eighty <laughs> year old man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just think for the seventies, it was amazing. Um, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it, like Greg said, it was so hard to look at, just grossed me out. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to appreciate just the practical effects in this movie. I mean, we already talked about, you know, Linda Blair being put on wires and pulled around. So like yeah. there's no CGI. There's actually one scene actually, I think at the very end there's like an image where they show regan's face close up and i feel like half her face looked like azuzu's image and yeah. it was like half and i feel like that i mean i mean i don't did they even have special effects back in like the 70s was that an actual like it can't be cgi right so i don't even know how they did that but there's like one scene that you would consider you know cgi right. effect then and even that was really well done mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if it was like a trick with the camera where they had two separate images or something like that but i definitely had to get up with the practical effects the makeup in this movie yeah making regan look so fucked up and nasty like like greg said every like cut and lesion 
it looked so real and bloody and like gross looking like it felt like it was so textured like you could like you could like feel it with your hand like the coarseness oh of it god. oh my god okay we get it <laughs> okay I, okay i'm just trying to i'm trying to put the point across of like the effects in this movie the makeup were so real were so well done in this movie like you felt it you know like it, imagine running your finger across her bottom <laughs> lip that sandpaper <laughs> oh. just filthy yeah yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Next time I'll see Greg. Next time I see Greg, I'm gonna run my finger on his lip so I can get that <laughs> get that feeling <laughs> as a comparable. You know. <laughs> That's hopefully, hopefully Greg's lizard tongue doesn't come out and try to get me. So yeah. <laughs> you guys are grossing me out so much. This never happens, but oh mm-hmm. god, I just <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's get to the end now. I think it's get get to the end of this movie, you know, get to the exorcism part, the, you know, the last 20 minutes, you've been watching this movie for two hours. You're, you're finally to the end. Now, father Merlin is there. He's there with his staff. Um, he got called, you know, from Mordor, wherever he's from. Um, <laughs> I'm just mixing all the movies together now. Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mixing them all together. Oh, no. Um, he's there now. Does do one of you guys want to set up the ending, uh, officially, you know, correctly? Don't let me do it. Cause I'm going to put a lot of like Hobbit trilogy in there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we get to our ending and the exorcism is going to happen. And it's our father, Damien. He is going to be helping, but they've called in father Marin. Not Merlin. Oh, Merlin. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes more sense in Merlin. Mm-hmm. Because he has experience with this. And it's it's pretty great because, you know, he gets there and he's he's ready to get to business. You know, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't no even really. Needed. Yeah, no introductions. He doesn't even really. Uh, you know, like introduce himself to Father Damien. Or- yeah, I like when I like when yeah, I like when Damien is like, "Oh, do you want to hear some history about the child?" He's like, "Nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope." Yeah, let's just uh, hold this holy water full. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I love how he's he's talking Father Damien through this. He's like, "It's gonna try to trick you. You know, it's going to tell you lies, but then mix in the truth to make it confusing." And he's just like really helping him out because he clearly understands the severity of like what's about to happen. Um, and so they they go in. It's just the two of them. She's she is at her absolute worst looking and all tied up. Um, and they they begin and they go through the first round, I guess you'd call it. I don't <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's pretty unsettling mostly just the things that she's saying and one of the big things that happens is that so we didn't talk about this but father damien's mom dies like near the beginning of the movie and so of course now the demon is starting to talk like his mom and that's that's what gets him he starts to he's clearly the weaker priest he can't handle it um and so before they begin again father Marin kicks him out he's like why don't you go take a rest like I'll do what I can. And then about, I don't know, a minute later, he goes in to see how it's going and fucking Merlin's keeled over. (laughs) Oh, man. And that scene where Reagan is, uh, I think she's completely untied. She was able to get untied. And she's just sitting in the corner of her bed. And she almost, at first I was like, oh, is that Reagan feeling some kind of remorse? Cause she's got her hands up to her mouth, like, like a little kid that's just gotten in trouble, like kind of hiding. Yeah. Then she just starts giggling 
oh my god it's so yeah. fucked up um and so yeah I, I guess you just have to assume that he had like a heart attack or something i don't know or she was able to kill him somehow i'm yeah. not sure and uh damien just loses it he completely loses it and starts <laughs> wrestling and punching, punching, her. Punching, her. punching her in the face 12 yeah. year old yeah. girl i kind of laughed at that okay i have to take back <laughs> off of that part a little bit and he he tells he tells the demon he's like take me take me like go inside me or leave her alone i forget exactly the verbiage and then we have the moment where his face changes for just a split second it's in his eyes and also in that split second reagan's normal voice comes back as she's crying and screaming and calling for her mom and then our father damien who you know had been struggling with his faith and what he believed this whole movie just makes the ultimate self-sacrifice and jumps through that, you know, I don't, don't know what story they're on because I know that the staircases went down really far. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, jumps through that same window and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like falls to his death pretty much, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And his buddy comes and gives him the last rites. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, Reagan, I mean, she's beat up absolutely but she's it's gone it's out of her and she's okay and back to her normal self i guess yeah. she didn't remember anything yes and she has mm -hmm. no memory of it yeah thank god right yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah because she doesn't like i said she doesn't remember it but there is that nice scene at the end where she sees the other father i guess the one that's actually really a priest mm -hmm. and she yeah. looks at like she looks at the collar and she kind of like recognizes it for a second and then just like hugs and kisses him on the cheek and yeah. it was like oh that was like a nice scene a very like you know childlike you know yeah. like like thank you you know um so mm -hmm. i thought that was a nice touch uh yeah, so what, what do you think about the ending of this movie, Greg? What do you think about all that? Well, that part, I think, was in the extended cut. I don't remember that in the version I saw him. Her <laughs> oh, husband and, and man. Kissing him. Dang, that wasn't, on your, that wasn't on your YouTube fan film? Dang. <laughs> she, like, doesn't even know who he is, but she sees the clergy caller, whatever it's officially called, and just some, you could just tell something within her just drives her to embrace him and give him a quick kiss on the cheek. Just as, like, a thank you. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah, I, I, that's cool. That's cool to see. He, he kind of didn't have as much screen time, but to see that he came back, I like that. Yeah, the ending was, was cool. I, having not fully seen this movie, I thought that it would have ended. See, you know, one of the cool things that I really liked about the movie, which what I thought was interesting was they made priests out to be like jedis like they almost mm -hmm. have like this sacred order where they meet. They, we're talking they, about we're talking about the hobbit in this movie i was gonna make it i was gonna make a joke about about father merlin didn't have a resurrection stone in his pocket like we're just God. pulling in every other every other like genre into this movie i like it what i'm what i'm seeing is is that people probably thought that oh priests are just the guy who who stands behind the, the pulpit and, and reads the gospel and teaches you and is completely pious, but they make them out to be warriors or like soldiers in this, you know, where they go and they get dispatched to different locations. They have to get permission from like the high council to be sent across the ocean to go do an exorcism. They make them out to be like, like badass, like soldiers, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So I thought the way that this movie would have ended was like the great grand wizard, Je you know, Jedi priest was going to come and expel this demon and he did the best that he could but the way that it happened is you know he died and then father damien um the way that he he allowed the demon to enter his body and then he disposed of himself 
as like a sacrificial gesture was i thought that was so cool it, it was really surprising and shocking and but also at the same time i it put like a little bit of you know we talked about in the last episode how i like when movies put uh they close the loop on something that they brought up in the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie it, early on we talked about he's sort of doubting his faith but in this very moment he realized what he had to do and he yeah. completely believed in it and sacrificed himself for it. So it was very poetic. And, you know, that was the end of the movie. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and the end of this movie, it's such a good movie. And it's something I keep talking about. As long as this movie is, you don't get the payoffs until an hour later than you realize you wanted them. But when you get the payoff at the end of this movie, it is so, like, well done. And you want it so bad. And, like, you're so happy that it like stuck the landing, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, especially like with, with father Damien, like sacrificing himself and even like, you know, setting up in the beginning of this movie, how Bert like died falling down the stairs. And they have a scene talking to Damien about like, you know, how he died, you know, being like, Oh, you know, like his head was turned around and, you know, blah, blah, like really setting up the gruesomeness of mm-hmm. the stairs and this fall. Mm-hmm. So like when Damien takes the jump, knowing how gruesome this is going to be and yeah. how he's literally going to die. Like it's even more of a payoff knowing that in his mind, he knows what's going to happen. It's not like he, he didn't know this and he's just going to jump out the window and hope, hope he lives. He literally knows like, this is it. This is yeah. going to be really horrible. You know, so it actually works even more because they paid it off. You know, they set it up in the beginning of the movie and that's one thing this movie does really well overall it just it sets things up and it does pay them off eventually they get there you know mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it's such a good ending to this movie you know it's it's such a great payoff it's such, it's so well you know um structured at the end i, I freaking really like the end of this movie and thought it worked really well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um i wait i've i gotta mm-hmm. ask the question it mm-hmm. sounds like you both like the movie and that's wonderful <laughs> But I, I, I guess what I have to ask is, is I thought you guys were really scared to watch this movie. And so I just kind of want to know, how do you feel on the other end now? What, was it as scary as you thought? Do you, did you feel scared? Did you feel traumatized by it? I mean, yeah, let me, let me go first, Craig. I don't know where you were at. I don't know if you got trembled or what, but you know, I, <laughs> but I went into this movie. I don't know if I had the bar too high. I don't know. I've never seen this movie before. Clearly there's such a hype, you know, it's, you know, supposedly one of the greatest horror movies of all time. I, you know, I get it. So I was really expecting to be like unnerved, scared, like being like, holy shit, what happened? But to be honest with you, like this movie got over and I was kind of like, Oh, like I like the movie. I like it as like a film. I can't say I was really scared at any point. And I don't know if that has to go back with our opening, you know, question of like just being so desensitized. And, you know, there's there's literally like not jump scares in this movie. Like, it's just like they're showing you what's happening. So like that's taken out. But one, one things I do and I talk to my wife about this, usually after we watch every movie is when I'm done watching it in the living room, I usually watch it at night. There's there's like a three second time frame when I turn off the lights in the living room that I have to walk to the room. So there's like three seconds when I have no light. It's pitch black. And certain movies, I'll turn off that light and I will run to the room because I'm like super scared, you know, or I'm like really creeped out. This movie, you know, that's that's like when I'm in this movie, I turned off the light and I just kind of walked to the room like I wasn't I didn't feel like Pazuki was going to pop out and get me like I didn't. It just didn't get me, you know, and and, and I don't walk to your room and. 
Yeah, I, I walked on all fours backwards. Yeah, I did like the crawl, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know? Like, and, and that's one thing. It's like, I didn't, it really didn't scare me. Unnerving, like visually fucked up things. But I really wouldn't say it scared me. Sadly, like I wanted to be. But I just, I just didn't get it. What about you, Greg? Hmm. What happened when you, what happened when you turned off your lights? Uh, I'm about, yeah, I'm the same. When I, I w- really wasn't scared by the movie, but it probably just goes back to what you said. It, it, we're a little bit desensitized about w- what we've seen over the years. I can certainly say that when I saw the scenes that I did when I was younger, you know, you'd pop in and see the, uh, the possession happening, her turning her head around, her vomiting. At that age, especially, it, it hits you differently. Mm-hmm. But having watched it, I, I think I was more offended almost by the vulgarity of her language than I was the scariness of the of the possession. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I really wasn't. Uh, I really wasn't too. It was scary. The, the content was scary, but I I really wasn't you know frightened to my core like some of the other movies that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, it's just so weird if I can say this, but like to this day, I feel like the creepiest one that made me feel so uncomfortable was Mothman Prophecies with Richard oh Gere, which, like, which is like not really even considered. It's like a thriller, but for some reason, like that movie, whatever it did, like spoke to me. It got to me. I mean, you guys have to go back and listen to the episode. I got a phone call at yeah. the end. So like that and, and that one did it. This one, like there was no point in this where I felt like nervous watching it. Like, it's just so weird. What you did you, Laura? Did you like go and hide under your sheets and got scared with one foot out? Yeah. No. And that's the problem. I've, you know, I haven't been afraid of this movie in so long that I don't even really remember how afraid I was when I first watched it. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's just interesting, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd want to hear maybe for some listeners, especially ones that have, are watching this for the first time, you know, if you're one of the ones like us that have never seen it or thought you saw it, but you watch scary movie like me. Um, yeah, like, like email us in conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter or Instagram at conjecturingpod and let us know, like, yeah, were you scared, like, after the movie, during it? Like, did it unnerve you enough to, like, you know, kind of, like, have that feeling where, like, you feel like something's over your shoulder or somebody's watching you or the hair isn't on your neck stand up? Because I feel like that's the sensation I was expecting. Yeah. You know, like, somebody was with me, like, you know, a demon was watching me or, you know, something like that, you know. But I just, I didn't, I didn't have that. So I would Rob, love let to me, if anybody did. Uh, excuse me. Let me, uh, I think. <laughs> Whoa. I have, I have an idea of maybe why you just said something right now that kind of clicked in my brain. When you said there's something over your shoulder, I think a lot of the movies that we've been watching, one major contributing factor that's causing us to be scared of what we see is the likelihood, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. the likelihood of seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. And w- when you're in an instance where something could happen any moment from any side, from any angle, at any time of the day, that's when we buy into it. But in this movie, you literally have a, a slow burn of a possession. So it, it's not like at any given moment you would be scared that you would suddenly be possessed. It's like right. after a month of a slow possession, you would start to see the effects of what's most scary in this movie. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't seem, and maybe for a lot of people who aren't religious, it's probably less impactful. It, it, it probably just doesn't seem like it could happen to you, which I thought that they did a good job of making her uh, making Chris and her daughter like a secular family to say that, Oh, well, just because you don't believe in 
um, you don't have a religion doesn't mean you can't be affected by it. They did a good job of that. But at the same time, it's like a slow, it's something that happens over the span of weeks. So what's there to be scared of from a moment to moment basis? Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. I'm not afraid of becoming possessed by Pazuki. And if you do, you've got a few months, right? Mm Mm-hmm. For it to like really take effect. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, I'm not gonna be playing with a Ouija board. I'm not gonna be touching some demon artifacts. Like, come on. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, one, one last segment I just want to like do real fast. Did you guys learn anything from this movie? Is there any couple of things you guys would learn from this movie? What not to do in a position, or you know, always carry chapstick in your pocket. Is there any like you know <laughs> things you guys would? You guys learned from this movie, you know, that, that you took away from it, you know? Well, you know what's weird to me? In, in those last few moments where she was, like, tied to the bedpost and she was, like, a demon, basically, right? What if they brought the doctors into her room at that point? I mean, what would they say? Like, see her floating up above the bed? Yeah. It, now, uh, is she still subject to, like, a medical diagnosis? Or this is this was really, and it kind of reminds me of in Paranormal Activity, my, what I learned was, Look, if you're being hot up by a demon in your house, go homeless. Because, look, bring the <laughs> demon out to a place where it's exposed to others or bring in a lot of people into your house. And I feel like it's it's going to go away or mm-hmm. the power of the group will will get rid of it or something. You the know? power of the group compels you. <laughs> 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 like, like what if you just suddenly turned on like 18 cameras and turned it on the news like why mm-hmm. why would you why not take it to the news and then make this like a, a world like an international story you know i feel like that's what i would have done and mm-hmm. i don't know so, so you just wanted an inter you wanted an intervention not a not an exorcism <laughs> you wanted everybody circling around her yell you know talking to her and telling her things and this and that right <laughs> interesting Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's what I learned, but that's just something that I was thinking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. All right, so let's uh let's get to the uh, let's get to the ratings then. You know, let's see what we're gonna do. You know, Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, just so Greg knows, uh, critic uh, rating is eighty three percent, and audience rating is eighty seven percent. So very wow. high ratings, very high ratings. Yeah. You know, um, and I and I looked through some of the negative you know reviews of this movie and. I feel like a lot of people are kind of seeing what I've been seeing through this is just like how long this movie is. And people say like, I'm watching this movie for an hour and a half and nothing has happened yet. You know? So I feel like that is the biggest negative is the length and the slow burn in this movie. But Mm. yeah. Um, So let's do one to five. Let's do, we've been talking about it all night long. One to five. How many bazookies are you, (laughs) are you, are you giving this movie? Uh, Let's start with, let's start with Greg. Greg, so how many, how many bazookies are you giving this movie? I'm going to say four and a half. So that's like four bazookies. And then I just got a a, a plop of vanilla ice cream in on the last plate. Nice. Uh, Yeah. I just feel like this movie, as much as I don't, want to see it on any continuous basis ever again it's just it's so well done and somehow it feels original after all these years it's just Mm -hmm. i know that we talked about the ouija board and some of the possession stuff but uh, other than those main things it seems very devoid of horror cliches and it just seems like something unto itself that even a lot of the newer horror movies and possession movies have not done. Um, it's just the acting all around was so good. I love that slow burn. The camera work was, was terrific. Anytime you saw the stairs, I, I just, those mm. shots and the lighting, even the one behind you, Laura, right here, where the, 
where Merlin pops up to the, the driveway and he's, he's standing underneath the street lamppost. Like that that shot in the movie is so iconic. I almost wanted to pause it and just admire how yeah. well it was shot. So the directing Greg, can was you on can you do like can you do a sketch of that image but just put him in like a wizard hat and a stand a staff? Oh my I god. Do it. We so could we could, we could post we could post that to Instagram and, and everything, you know? Yeah, that's 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 a it's a cakewalk. I, I can do that. He's already got the hat. Yeah, he's, you just gotta just put a like point on it. Pointy, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he's got like the magician's bag too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bag oh of tricks. my god, I like it. I like hilarious. it. Hilarious <laughs> bag of tricks. Wow, so four and a half, four and a half. Wow, very high. Yeah, I'm... yeah. I'm just kind of surprised. You know, I feel like last episode Laura had the the epiphany of Greg being like, "Is this movie?" you know consistently liked i'm gonna go the opposite way yeah. or is this movie an underdog i'm gonna like it so like i'm surprised that this movie it's is a false theory it's a false theory oh well but okay 40 episodes and this is like the one time you didn't follow that <laughs> rule <one> so <laughs> <laughs> he's turning a new leaf he's a priest now he's a father he's turning yeah. a new leaf you know <laughs> he took the he took the rights of passage you know he's he has to be honest now he has to be true to himself well i took up that paper thing i think i'm off duty so yeah mm-hmm. wow interesting okay all right well what about you laura where are you where are you aligning uh with this movie how many pazookies i'm giving it a 4.25 pazookies wow just like the chocolate chips or what like, what's, yeah what's you like you took you took greg's ice cream off and you just hit it it's gone <laughs> he ate all my ice cream off of that one oh so all yeah. i have left is just part of a cookie yeah his his lizard tongue came out and licked it <laughs> <laughs> god you and that lizard tongue my god Good image. I wanted Greg to draw himself with a lizard tongue too. But <laughs> there's a Snapchat filter that'll do that for me. Yeah, oh, there you go. I <laughs> feel like Greg and I are pretty much spot on on everything we're saying. But yeah, I think this is like such a well-made movie. I think it is so iconic, you know. And like I said earlier, I don't think any movie will ever do what this movie did. But just like you said, Greg, I don't ever want to watch it. Anytime I watch it, it's because I have to or someone else wants to watch it. it it's never just my own like yeah i want to watch this movie so it's hard to give it higher than that i know right you yeah. don't want to watch it again mm-hmm. yeah and that's crazy because it's not like it it's not like it doesn't have rewatchability because right. it is such a well-made film and movie it's just like yeah like you're just it's weird for ending on like a very i guess it really doesn't end on a positive note because no father kills himself but maybe that has to do with it then but yeah i i, I somewhat agree wow that's crazy well, I mean, it's kind of a commitment it's a long movie and you don't yeah. feel good through the whole two and a half hours so i mean it's just you know it's rough yeah hmm interesting yeah okay <laughs> like it's like that bottom lip just <laughs> oh man ah, greg's finally coming on board you with my it. lip jokes good job you greg i like it. it good job good job greg yeah i like it <laughs> oh that's funny yeah i mean for me man i've been battling with my rating for i don't know like a day or two now since i watched it you know like like we said like i like this movie as like a film like is it long yes when you get the payoffs it's worth it like you know and that's one thing i would say to anybody that maybe tried watching this and stopped watching it for 45 minutes was just like fuck this shit you know like you have to get to the end because the end pays off everything you build in the beginning you know Mm -hmm. so as a film, I really like it as like, you know, like a horror film. It really didn't scare me. 
I was never like scared. I wasn't unnerved. You know, the imagery is fucked up. I will say that it's fucked mm-hmm. up things that happened in this movie. Yeah. So like, it's hard for me to give it a super high rating because it just at my core, it doesn't like hit me. It doesn't make me feel how I thought I should have feel. And I don't know if that has to go back with just like the standard I thought I had going into this movie. There's such a buildup before I saw this movie of what it was going to be. And I know that's always bad to do. You should never go in thinking something's going to be so great because you're probably never going to be satisfied. So it yeah. sucks I can't go back and not think like that, you know. But I mean, as like a film, as like a trendsetter, as like something from the 70s that literally like just fucked people up, you know, I, I would probably have to go a little bit under lower than I have to say like a four. I can't go lower than that because it is such a good movie in general. Mm-hmm. But I would say, yeah, like a four, you know, um, I'm the same as you guys. I really wouldn't want to watch it again, you know. Um, right. Yeah. So so good job, guys. Good job. I think we did really well, you know, dissecting this movie, breaking it down, you know, exercising our demons. Ooh. You know, I think we did a good job there. So Greg needs chapstick, though, but that's another thing, you know. Um. <laughs> I think I just need exercise in general. Oh, you know? I think that'll yeah. help me. Me too. You need to be, yeah, you'd be like yeah. Father Damien, run some laps yeah you know there you go man i like it i like it yeah so that's uh that's it for this week's episode <laughs> laura's not laura's not having our like our consistency of, of lip jokes and stupid things in this movie mm-hmm. yeah sorry laura <laughs> oh that's funny uh yeah so next week's movie pick next week is laura's movie pick hopefully it's not going to involve something mean greg can make stupid jokes about but i feel like that's always going to be a constant so there's nothing she could do about it um Mm. laura so what's your choice next week are there any lips involved a tongue anything like that involved you know what since (laughs) this movie did not scare rob the way that i wanted i actually had to make a last minute decision oh to find a movie that i think will i like it i like it okay Mm -hmm. um this movie it's been it has been on my list but I've been avoiding it because I think this is the scariest movie I have ever seen to date. What? Wow. And it's pretty funny because recently on Twitter, there's been this article circulating from Nerdist, I think, saying that there was some kind of scientific study was conducted to find the scariest movie ever. And it turns out that this was the number one movie that the article Mm -hmm. found. And so that's what we're going to do. We are going to be doing 2012 Sinister with Ethan Hawke. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Wow. This mm-hmm. was the rated the scariest movie of all time by who? Uh, it was just like a scientific study based on heart rate and like a, enough people on how high, like what your uh, resting heart rate is and then how high it goes while watching this movie and then like again collectively the more people wow. and the higher mm-hmm. it goes it, it was really interesting like the top five movies it was like sinister insidious the conjuring hereditary i mean i totally get it those i do think those are like the scariest mm. movies but yeah i've only seen sinister once i actually kind of can't believe i'm picking it again because it fucking terrified me this movie terrifies me wow. so i'm i'm have you seen it rob no, I have not seen it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting so, this is one that's been on my list for a while. I've been waiting. Yeah. So I'm glad you picked it. Nice. Have you seen it, Greg? You have, right? Yeah, we saw it. And I I mean, I remember thinking that was a fucked up movie. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. It's pretty it's pretty it's insane. Horrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty sinister. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. It's well, not we'll just a clever it. name. 
Yeah, we'll see if it passes my three-second walk to the room test. That's my new thing I'm going to start doing. I'll update everybody. Oh, everybody. Oh. <laughs> if it passes my test, if I turn off that light and I'm like, fuck, I'm running, or if it's going to be the one time where I'm like, I'm leaving the light on. I don't even give a shit. I'm going to care about the electric bill. Yeah. <laughs> we have to come up with a name for that. The what is, What's it called? The How about the shit myself shuffle? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it. Uh, Did I shit myself while shuffling to my room? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be, I have three seconds. It's what came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> there we go. That there we go. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just so everybody remembers, you know, after that pick, which we're talking about two weeks, is going to be our first, you know, listener conjecture choice. So if you guys haven't already, you know, been aware, you know, we're going to be letting you guys pick what movie we're going to be conjecturing kind of every fourth week of the show. So email us in, you know, send us an email, conjecturingpod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, at conjecturingpod. Let us know what horror-ish movies you want us to conjecture. Put in your email also why you want this conjecture, why you want this picked. Um, and we'll break it down. We'll talk about it. Hopefully we don't call anybody wizards during it or anything like that or, you know, make fun of it. But, you know, we're going to be what we're going to be. We can't, we can't change who we are, you know, you know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah so um and lastly always remember to subscribe rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on and check out the slash and cast podcast network that we're on uh, check out the other shows there anything like that you can check them out slash and cast.net they have a listing of all the other shows there you give them a listen give them a like follow uh whatever you want to do with them they're all really great shows really great you know collaborations we've been making with them so it's really fun yeah, so I think that's it for the week here. Uh, this has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember, horror is subjective, so conjecture away. See ya. Bye. See ya. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> you got possessed there. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was weird. You did it. I don't know. <laughs> You did it. good greg <laughs> fuck no they're not man i feel like i'm this girl in the movie shit dude like i'm gonna be putting this chapstick on all episode dude this is crazy it's just like don't pay attention to what i'm doing this i feel like you just need to get like a bunch of crisco and just put it on your mouth <laughs> oh my you know i i have actually taken like olive oil to do that mm-hmm. It kind of works. All right. Okay. Laura's 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 losing it right now. Okay. All right. I might just start bust up laughing at random times. (laughs) Too much. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Okay. All right.
<coughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll start laughing. Dang it. <laughs> Thinking about Greg's lips. <laughs> I had a dog for every time I heard someone I know, say dang. I know, Greg. You'd be rich right now, man. <laughs> They're so luscious. <gasps> They're so luscious, yeah. 